Yes, people, it is a day three of the 2022 BFI Lair Festival. And um, yeah, we will be looking. I think we got one feature, and um, yeah, some shorts, a short. We're looking at some films, people. I mean, so uh, yeah, people, sit back and let's get this popping. Okay, so we're gonna start off with a feature. It is a benediction. Okay, people. So, um, yeah, today the feature was Benediction. So this is the new film from Terence Davis, who wrote and directed. Now Davis is known for his autobiographical films. And, uh, yeah, this is another in that ilk. Okay, it's produced by Mike Elliott. Cinematography is Nicola Daly. It is edited, edited by Alex Mackey. Um, boy, we have a uh, cast of uh, Jack Loudon and Peter Capaldi play a younger and an older version of Siegfried Sassoon. We have Simon Russell Beal as Robbie Ross. Um, Jeremy Irvin is Ivor Novello. Right? Yeah. Ivor Novello. You, know, you might recognize the name from a, a waltz, but it was a person. Okay, so then we have Pete Phillips and Gemma Jones playing a younger and older version of Esther Gatti. Um, ben Daniels is Dr. Rivers. Callum Lynch and Anton Lesser are a younger and an older version of Stephen Tennant. We have got Tom Blythe as Glenn Byam Shaw. Uh, we have Wilfred Owen, who is played by Matthew Tennyson. Uh, Geraldine James plays Teresa Thorny Croft. Uh, Richard Golding plays George Sassoon, Siegfried's son. Uh, we have Leah Williams playing Edith Sitwell. Um, Lady Otterline Morell is played by Suzanne Burtish. Uh, the Chief Medical Officer is played by Julian Sands. We have a priest played by Jude Kowidic. And uh, Giovanna Ria plays So, what is benediction about? Well, <laughs> I'm glad you got. So it explores the turbulent life of First World War poet Siegfried Sassoon, 
through the eyes of the revered filmmaker David. Sassoon was a complex man who survived the horrors of fighting in the First World War and was decorated for his bravery, but who became a vocal critic of the government's continuation of the war when he returned from service. His poetry was inspired by his experiences on the Western Front, and he became one of the leading war poets of the era. Adored by members of the aristocracy, as well as stars of London's literary and stage work, he embarked on affairs with several men as he attempted to come to terms with his homosexuality. At the same time, broken by the horror of war, he made his life's journey a quest for salvation, trying to find it within the conformity of marriage and religion. Yes, his story is one of a troubled man in a fractured world, searching for peace and self-acceptance, something which sparks as meaningfully to the modern world as it did. So yeah, I have to say, right, I knew nothing about coming into this film. Yeah, just didn't didn't ring any bells. Now, I'd heard of, you know, Ivan Avella for sure. So I think at that point, you were like, oh, I, I think this is a real thing, right? I, I just thought it was a story. But no, then, then I was like, oh, right, it's real events. Um, we start off, right, with, yeah, Siegfried and his brother going off the wall. And it's very upbeat, you know, very, uh, aha, we're going to play, right? Which I think is, you know, if you remember, the First World War is known as the Great War. So we hadn't done anything from this scale for a lot. Like, you know, I think the, the last war before that was the Boer War, right? There hadn't been a huge war for a while, you know? And, yeah, I think people just feared, you know, just like the pandemic, that it wasn't going to last very long. It would get done with, and then it's just, you know, back to life, right? So... This is kind of shown to us with film and also clips, right? We have this old footage of the war. So we get these black and white videos, some still shots, and then with simply poetry over the top. So we have all of this, which is fascinating because then we go into, um, you know, him being critical. And I will say, right, now there's always been people critical of war, but the things he was saying about it, you know, the government extending the war, you know, not laying out what they were fighting for, all of that, I don't recall ever hearing that before. 
that was fascinating. You know, that I think there were people that left, you know, deserted. But that's kind of a, a, a shell shock. You know, PTSD, which definitely wasn't a thing. People were shocked. So you knew there was this this thing. But it's a thing that kind of comes with all walks. But yeah, I didn't realize. I just never heard people pull back from it in this manner. So we see all of this, and then, you know, go to a hospital and and we're kind of now exploring who C3D is. And there is a, a fascination in there's, I think, what you assume C3D is at this point of the film, and you, you learn that, yeah, there's more, right? And I think. Mean, the film is shot well. It, it, it shot well, and it gives us this, you know, gaze into the makeup of this person. There is a aloofness going through it all, right? It, it did feel like um. You were standing from afar, you know, looking in with binoculars. Like you, you couldn't get too close. It, it was very, it felt very standoffish. You know, like there was no real emphasizing with the characters because they were very aloof. You know, there's this coldness in everything, which was. Right, yeah, it felt a little peculiar. Because, I mean, initially you want to emphasize, you want to sympathize, you know, you want to be exploring this situation. But I think you also, we come across these contradictions, right? Because yeah, there's this sort of celibacy and secretism. But yes, there, there is this sense that he is, I don't know, like he doesn't want to explore his sexuality. But then all of a sudden he is, right? And I didn't really feel that we got an explanation for that. Now, I mean, it's not like he has to be like, oh, I like guys. Like, you know, that, that's what I do. Like, don't eat me. No, I don't mean that. I just mean, what is the thing that made him go, you know what? I'm just, I'm embracing. To the extent in which you can embrace it, you feel me? Now, also, because, yeah, like people were getting put in prison for homosexuality 
in those days. But nothing really seemed very secretive. You know what I mean? Like everything, you know, in restaurants, you know, they were out in restaurants and theaters and just all of these things. And it, I don't know, it was, it was a bit peculiar in the sense that, hold on, I, I didn't. I wasn't aware that you were able to live as freely and open, right? So, yeah, it was just a little, huh, I don't know. It's hard to say, because it's, as I said, look, it's not like the film is short poorly or anything like that, but, yeah, there's these, all these conflicting things which make it difficult to okay for. Right? I, I, I just thought it was a bit like, wait, what is the truth here? You know what I mean, what is the, the, the situation that we're seeing? Is then, yeah, everything seems a lie, right? The, the monogamy, the monogamy, monogamy, monogamy. Hmm. I mean, the, the claim of no infidelity and the claim of you know, holding yourself to this higher standard, right? That, they're all schizophrenic. Hold on. I, that's not true. Like, what's happening here? There just seems to be all of these lies. And at, especially at the end, when we're jumping between the timelines, some of the claims, you're just like, oh, didn't you, like, ah, what is happening? <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was, it felt a little muddled because it's not set up like, you know, it, in the older years, these things have become blurred. You know, like, if there was a blurring of the line, of the memory. I mean, you could then understand these conflicts, these differing events, but there's not that. So you do kind of wonder, like, are these true? Were they false perceptions? Like, what, what is happening? You know, so there is that. It's it is a long film, right? It's about oh, two hours and three minutes, something on those right? And it does start to feel long. It, it does. It is. But, uh, yeah, I don't know, people. It is, um, you know, it is, it is there. <laughs> It is there for people to uh, view and enjoy. Um, I, I guess, you know, if you are a fan of Terence Davis's work, right, because I, I can't recall if I've seen these other stuff, so maybe this is just the style of Right, so if you're a fan of Terence Davis, you might be ah, yes, he's 
I love the way you around with emotions and feelings and all that. So it might make more sense to you. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. But, uh, Mm. Yeah. Um. Huh. I, 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 I'm not sure if this one is playing on the iPod, and I don't believe it's getting any more screaming. However, however, I do believe that. Is going to be coming out. Yeah, you know, I believe it's getting released on the 13th of May. So it's definitely in the state it's being released on the 13th of May. Um, not sure about the UK. Possibly a similar time, right? Possibly. Uh, but yeah, in addition. And parents, um, then yeah, I mean, this is sit well with it. If you're curious about the life of Sassoon, uh, yeah, I mean, you might want to check it out as well. So, yeah, benediction, people. Okay, so our first short for today is fever okay people so fever this is the new film from uh, creative duo angel cooper who directs and jeremy fate who writes the piece um it is produced by uh, Kathy Yee, Meg Murphy, uh, Freight, Jason Cox, James Cole Jr., Chenny Chen, and Daniel P. Cauldron. It is executive produced by Griffin Matthews and co-produced by A.J. Leon and Ramphis Mithril. Kathy Yee also handles the cinematography. Wale Goins is the editor of the piece. Casting was handled by Walter Ware. Vinny Alfano um, takes care of the sound mixing. And digital imagery is from Kimberly Sora. Okay, so, uh, yeah, the... The gist of the film is, hold on, where am I? Do, 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 do. Uh, God damn it. Man, I'm all over the place, people. Uh, okay, so is a psychological thriller that follows Jay who, after a series of violent events, escapes his racist family to embark on a new life with his black boyfriend, Andre. 
While taking a pit stop to celebrate Andre's mother's 50th birthday, Jay's mental health unravels as he faces the realities of his international interracial international interracial relationship and the dangers of his whiteness yes so um uh, let's do our cast all right so andre is played by david j cook jay is played by jeremy fate um we have got grace andre's mother who is played by Janet Hubbard. You know what I mean? And um, Jay's mum, Tammy, is played by Alice Ripley. So, yeah, impressive cast, right? Uncle Ray is played by Terence Archie. Gianni is played by Iroko Anya. Um, Taylor is played by... Dania Ozeni. Arthur L. Brady III plays Officer Davis. Officer Miller is played by Justin Mortellis. Uh, yeah, we have some ex-boyfriends played by Kieran J. Anthony. Quentin Lee Moore. Quasi Degraft and Daniel P. Cauldron. So yeah, that's that's the film, man. And Fever is twenty minutes, but it does pack a punch, right? We open up with well, it's kind of like this weird little quick vision, and then we're in the car with um, yeah, Shay and Andre, and. You know, something like things have gone down, right? So it, it seems they've, I think they've been at Jay's family's because, yeah, it's obvious some stuff was said that was not good. And it's a little bit tense, but, you know, a little sing along changes that. Right, but you kind of feel that there is more under the surface. So they turn up at Andre's mum's house, and uh, again, there is something there, right? And as the film goes on, we learn some of the friction, right? What may have been causing it, and all of that jazz. But there is also the idea that something big happened, something big, right? Which you just feel like, oh, man, that's not good. That's not good. But there's kind of conflicting things that are getting said. So you do wonder. You definitely wonder. And... I think that's the genius of the film because it kind of um, hook and baits you, right? It, it, it shows you something, 
But what really is going on is something completely different. Now, I think we we have hints, right? We definitely have some hints of what may be happening, but it's not until a certain point when, like when you kind of realize, oh shit, this could be something completely different, right? And yeah, that's definitely the huge strength here of the film. There's, I, I think you don't see it coming when they hit you with this, this ending. And um, yeah, it's a great ending because it really just ties in everything, right? The, the whole mental health issues, you know, some of the hints that have been thrown out there. And you then, oh, shit. It, it kind of opens up some other questions, right? Because it's like, yeah, man, if someone's bipolar, how much control do they have over this thing? Or does that give someone, you know what I mean, carte blanche, right? That, does it mitigate things that they they may say? Because I think when you look at these things, it's like, you know, when people say, oh, I did that because I was drunk right, or high, or whatever, whatever, but then you have to think to yourself, well, it only comes out if it's there in the first place, because if you're not something, how can it manifest, you know what I mean, so I, I, I think they're the, the, these interesting points that fever makes you consider, right, makes you question things, and Hey, if a film can do that, that's huge. It's huge. So they, 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 I think, like, there's parts of the film which I think might be a thing, but I'm not quite sure. So I can't say it because I don't want to ruin, you know what I mean, the flow for you. But, yeah, I, I think you question one of the characters in the film. You definitely question one of the characters in the film and the motivations and everything like that. But yeah, this is—you know—I mean, it's handled very well. It's handled very well, and it—I it, think—it's kind of a different take on you know stories that we know and we have seen. As I. I think the way uh you know cooper and fate twist this one i think that's a little different i think it's a little new and yeah as i said look i i, I think people are gonna have so many different thoughts about a certain character and how you know this all goes down in the end and that's great right when something can make you think, can make you question things. I and mean, that's what a film is meant to do, right?
that's what it's meant to do. And I, I think everyone involved has done a really stellar job of bringing this story to life. So, people, if you get the opportunity, think you're going to want to check out Phoebe. Okay, and let's end it with a new short from Joy Guerrero Akpajuta. Ak, Ak it is for love. Okay, so for love. I mean, <laughs> I don't know what to say about this one. <sighs> Boy, right? It is directed and written by Joy Garuru Akpajota, right? Um, <sighs> it is such a... Oh, man, it hits you, man. This film motherfucking hits you, right? It's produced by Emily Morgan. Um, Rebecca Lloyd edited a piece. Photography is handled by Nanu Siegel. And music is Ray Ulunuga. And our cast, we have Anne Akinjirin, Marcy Dulapu Uni. Diana Yekini and Damaola Adelija. Right, so the story is a couple battle for a future where they can find a home and freedom that is not determined by where they're from. It is, I mean, it's, it's a tough one, right? Because, um, Nileshi is an illegal immigrant uh, who's been hiding for three years. You know, she lives with her girlfriend, Martha, and their two other friends, Dalopu and Tulu. When immigration does a random check on Dalopu, both Nancheki and Martha are forced to make decisions about their love and their future together. And, right, so we open up and we, you know, they're both in bed and it's the alarm goes off and, you know, and Neki goes to work, right? And so we're seeing all of this, but we don't know, right, about her status. But, yeah, she comes home and they're just all talking and chilling and then the knock on the door. And then, yo, it hits you, man. It hits you. And, like, it's so fucking tough. Because, like, you hear about the stories, right? You hear about the stories. Now, the, pro the thing is, right, <sighs> immigration is such a complex thing. But there's countries where you will be killed for your sexuality, Right? Now, if you remember, right, in 2020, we we looked at I Am Samuel, you know, 
and it also played at London Film Festival and it also played at Flair in 2021. And um, Peter talked about like that whole situation, right? Because that couple, man, they were, you know what I mean? They had to hide. They had to be in fear of their lives. And that's what happens. This is a thing. So you kind of just, you, man, you, you feel for people in that situation. And it's a bit like, yo, surely, right? Surely you wouldn't get shipped back. Because that's a death sentence, right? But we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen, right? You know, Femi Kudi, he was shipped back. And now that wasn't because of sexuality, that was his outspokenness against the government. They shipped him back, got killed. You know what I mean? So it's just like, yo, these things, you, you, you cannot but just feel just sadness, man, when you see this shit. And like... The reactions and everything, like you understand, because imagine being in this situation and it's having to hide constantly. Okay, so at no point can you truly feel comfortable, can you truly feel safe? And all of this, all of this just jumps out of the screen, man. It hits you, hits you fucking hard, really does. So, yeah, you're watching this and it's just, but then, right, these, these moments of just pure happiness, pure happiness, like there's these scenes that just make you smile, make you feel warm, man. But then you have to remember what the reality is and like it's open-ended, it's open-ended, but Boy, man, you were just left just like, oh, what? Like, because you have no clue what the fuck's going to happen. And it is just this aching feeling inside, right? Joy has done a tremendous job of just bringing th these feelings to life, right? The, the realities of this situation, Obviously, it's going to be different for everyone, but this is a truth. This is something that will impact so many people. And, yeah, the way it's written, the acting, there's everything brings it straight to life, man. So I, I can't recommend for love enough, people. If you get the opportunity, definitely, definitely check this. Okay, so there we go, people. There we go. Um, yeah, you know, these these opening days, uh, yeah, they're a little sh shorter than maybe we did last year, but uh, yeah, it's been a little crazy, still a little crazy. Next week, we uh, will be adding a bit more depth, but you know, hope those were useful looks into today's features right you know what i mean but as i always say go to the bfi flare website look through there is a lot there is a lot playing you know what i mean um the shorts i believe they're all on the iPlayer. 
so you can watch those. There's free stuff. There's talks that you know play on the the BFI's YouTube and I think their Facebook. You know what I mean? So there's a lot to see, people. There's a lot to see. So enjoy, and we will see you、uh, next time. All right, people. Peace.